Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Ice Sport Radio. That's right, it's our rest of the league show. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We got some stuff to get to, gang. There's some gambling going on. There's some gambling happening in these parts. Goalies are mad, which makes me happy. And, uh, you know, Gary Bettman might actually be the babyface in some scenarios. We'll get into all that in just a second. First, let me introduce you to the panel for the evening. First and foremost, the lover of all punctuation, Kelly Hinkle. It's true. I am a defender of punctuation. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a hot take, except for that I've been diving into the LA Kings today, and they're really bad, you guys. Like, really bad. I had no idea. It's true. It was so They're bad. one of the only teams in the league behind the Flyers. It ain't great out there for them. Yeah, I was reading, um... I was reading some things about them today. Apparently, Rob Blake's already kind of gone into the... gone into the dressing room and kind of told the players, hey, this is unacceptable and you're just as much to blame as the coach and all that kind of stuff. So they're in some trouble. They they went for it, signing Kovalchuk and giving Dowdy the big deal, and here they are. Bam. Here they are. And, of course, the Oxford comma herself, Stephanie <laughs> Steve Steph Driver. Listen, Kelly also likes the Oxford comma, okay? And that's what that's I'm in what love with. That odds one. with both of you because you like. Uh, do are either of you semicolon people? When, I like to get spicy with a semicolon from time to yeah, time. Yeah, when it's oh called for, I'll get down with a semicolon. But the Oxford comma is the king of punctuation, and I'll hear no bad words about it. Both the Oxford uh, the Oxford comma is just clunky. The semicolon, it's like. In the middle of a po- like in the middle of a beautiful poem, here's a, a socket wrench. Like it just it has no place. It looks too mechanical. I'm outraged right now. I, I, We're gonna get off track if we start going into punctuation wars. Hideous punctuation. So let's get into it then, guys. So the NHL you even give me a chance to talk about Austin Matthews, who is my lord and savior and is out for four to six weeks. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Just because they're fun that to sucks. They're, they're really fun to watch with him. Like, and they're such a deep team. They can score in so many ways. I was really getting into watching them on some Flyers off nights and stuff. Uh, when they were playing Winnipeg last week, I got into that. That's if you're like bummed about the Flyers, uh, this could go either watch way. Watch the Leafs. That's I guess this could go either way because it could really show you how far away the team you love might be. But uh, I, I just sat down the other night. Flyers were off. I watched Leafs, Jets, and I watched um, the Avs and somebody else good. Avs, Lightning, that's who it was. And the slowest team that I saw that night was the Lightning, who are really good and skilled. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. But also, hey, I love hockey. That's right. This is fun to watch. But from the Flyers lens that we tend to look at everything, oh, shit. Getting good. (laughs) I may have seriously misjudged the way things were going. Also, I really wanted that Leafs-Jets game to be better. I don't know if that's just me, but I, I was, was expecting better. The Jets started to make that that comeback, and I was really, really hoping for some OT, and then the Leafs kind of put it away, and uh, that was that. But it was two really good teams going at it. I thought it was fun to watch, but, 
you know, you know how it goes sometimes. You don't always get your three-on-three. Three. Let's get into it then, gang. Uh, something that I guess is going to raise fan engagement all across uh, the National Hockey League. Sports gambling, as we know, is legal, and now the NHL has an official betting partner. MGM Resorts, uh, a non-exclusive licensing and branding deal, uh, allowing the league to sell the sponsorship to other parties if it wishes. Multi-year deal includes non-exclusive data rights, uh, seen as essential for in-game betting. It also includes the rights for MGM to use logos of all the teams and makes the properties an NHL-sponsored resort destination. This is good, right? This is one of those good decisions that the NHL rarely makes. Uh, they've uh, All the leagues have been kind of hesitant to get in bed with gambling. Uh, the NBA was the first to do it in August. But now, you know, you've got the team in Vegas. It's legal in Jersey. The Devils are here. It's, this is one of those business decisions that they rarely make, right? I want to say yes, but I need to see how it pans out. I mean, it not being an exclusive agreement is good. My fear is that it's going to end up being something along the lines of an NBC agreement, which is, oh, you go to NBC for the NHL, and then that's it. Um, but MGM, I mean, MGM has a ton of properties. Um, yeah, I was reading about what they own, and it's everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, in in Las Vegas, it's the Bellagio, it's Circus Circus, it's Excalibur, it's Luxor, it's Mandalay Bay, the MGM Grand, the Mirage. They own most of the properties out in Vegas. Um, and quite a few in Atlantic City, too, I believe. I don't know. I, I don't have it. In I know they right have now. a sports book at the Borgata, which is a big deal, and... There's some other deals going on with individual franchises, which is part of this. Uh, like, since it's a non-exclusive, each individual franchise can open up their own uh, kind of sponsorship. The Devils have done so with um, William Hill. And they're instituting something that's going to be really, really interesting. Because the NHL, right when right when they uh, opened up, the right when Vegas got its franchise, there was talk of... Because in other countries, you, you can bet in-game. There are betting kiosks. If you go to a you know Manchester United game or whatever, there are betting kiosks at the at the stadium. Really? That's not yeah. Huh. And you can do in-game prop bets and shit like that. Uh, Bettman said he didn't want in-game betting kiosks right when right when Vegas got the franchise. However, what the Devils are going to be doing, and it seems to be endorsed by the by the commissioner and the rest of the league, there's going to be a uh, like a a lounge basically and it's a it's basically a sports book however in there aren't actual gambling kiosks there are odds and all sorts of shit you can bet on and it's a bar just like a sports book however you place the actual bets through an app on your phone that i guess you can only <laughs> bless you stephanie that I guess you can only access like when you're in that lounge. So it's basically a sports book in the uh, in the stadium without there being an actual gambling kiosk. That's interesting. It is, and it kind of makes me want to go to a freaking Devils game, which I've never said once in my life. Yeah, right. Like Let's I would not get crazy here. I mean, I would go to check that out because it sounds fun. Although it does sound a little bit clunky for no particular reason, like. You're letting them do the sports book yeah. thing. Just make it a sports book, and let's make every like let's not make everybody download an app. That's dumb. But um, 
I know absolutely nothing about sports betting. Like, I see people posting odds and, like, you know, the Flyers tomorrow night are plus 750. Like, that, I have no idea what that means. It might as well be in another language. But I do think it makes games more fun, particularly if it's a game that you don't have any emotional investment in. It kind of gives you an investment, and that's, you know, good for people to get it invested in games that they might not have been otherwise. Yeah, and that's, like... uh... I see it the same way with fantasy football. I realize, like, that is the only thing that keeps me interested in the NFL outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I will say, like, even though I am a, well, now 30-year-old sports enthusiast white male, I have no idea about sports gambling. (laughs) So I I feel like we're going to need an expert for Broad Street Hockey. So any listeners out there with uh, great insight into sports gambling, Hey, we might have an opening for you. Uh, of course, you know Steph's the boss, and she hasn't said that. Haven't run that by her at all. Um, <laughs> We're just dropping bombs on the boss lady. Yeah, well, you know, if she opened the outline, she would see I would have in here. We're going to need a BSH sports gambling expert, aren't we? Where is that? At the very bottom of this here. It's in red at the bottom. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But here's the. It's th- there. It's in front of me. They asked because uh, Bettman, of course, like all the commissioners in the league, has been kind of anti getting into the gambling business but now that the supreme court says nah gambling's cool uh they asked him why he changed his mind and first he was like oh well the supreme court and then he gave the real reason if you run a business on our intellectual property we're entitled to be involved in that well i can't disagree yeah i can't disagree with that logic uh he did clarify that this is just a uh licensing sort of deal and it's not uh, like, they're not going to get a piece of the book, but it's just a, a licensing deal. So I think that's cool. But this is, like, this gets me to my, my thing about sports gambling. My question has always been, do you think there's not already gambling going on? And a casino doesn't want to fix a game. They don't give a shit who wins. Sports books in this country have never finished a calendar month in the red. They get a piece of the action no matter what. Criminals who don't care if gambling is legal or not have incentive to fix a game and screw with betting lines. The integrity of the game argument has always been bullshit, and I'm glad that they're finally realizing that. Well, like, okay. so, I mean, like, every year we see Vegas odds on various hockey things, so there has always been betting on hockey, right? Like, it's a thing that exists. Yes. In Vegas. In Vegas, yeah, but... The NHL never gave any kind of blessing for that. It just existed. So I, Right, because Vegas is the place where there are no rules. Right. So the thing that I'm confused about is, does this mean that outside of an MGM property, you won't be able to bet on a hockey game? Or... You, sti- you can. Yeah, yeah, you still can. Uh, this is just to make, like, MGM Resorts a place for a hockey fan to go. Like, it's a it's a destination for them. And they're allowed to use the logos and they'll have access access to data, which could, like, set up better, like, in-game prop betting and stuff like that down the line. And that's something that came out in uh, Greg Wyshynski's piece uh, on ESPN about this, where the the commissioner mentioned player tracking and how that data is going to be used. 
the deal with MGM gives the sportsbook access to previously unseen enhanced NHL proprietary game data that will be generated by the league's state-of-the-art tracking systems currently under development that will unlock new and innovative interactive fan engagement and betting opportunities for its U.S. customers wherever legally available. We've been hearing about in-game tracking of players since the 2015 All-Star Game. It looks like they're actually going to put it to use, and I am excited. Hold on. Let's talk about this interactive fan engagement piece. Okay. Because, am I going to be able to tell your Laterra he fucking sucks? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get to just, that level of interaction. Am I going to have to tell Austin Matthews, like, hey, here's my interactive fan engagement. I need you just three more shots on goal for me to hit my over. I mean, there is social media, so yeah. Uh, based on, uh-huh, uh-huh. based on like, football players' reactions to people telling them, hey, I needed you to get three more catches, asshole, in fantasy, uh, I don't think they'll like that that much. But uh, I will say, like, while we see the heat maps and all that individually collected data and things that are kind of unofficial, it's just people who are working their asses off to to give data to people who are interested in it. Like, this could lead to some things like, oh, yeah, Jake Voracek doesn't play inside the dots at all. We can see it. We tracked him the whole game. He spent 30 seconds in between the face-off dots and the whole rest of the game between the dots and the boards. Like, I, I think that, like, that kind of stuff could be cool and seeing how fast guys are actually going. Like, I'm real interested in that. Uh, I, I just think there's a, a lot that could be gained here to really enhance what, um, like, the advanced stat community already has. Like, I, I say all the time, Corsi is not an advanced stat. It's a counting stat. It's just plus minus on a bigger scale. This could give us actual advanced information that I think could go beyond gambling, but also create some pretty cool, like, in-game gambling prop bets. So, like, is this is this player data going to be available to the public, or will it just be given to the sports books in order for them to make more, like, make their lines better or, or think of a prop bet? Like, I don't... I don't. I wasn't clear on if it was something that we're going to be able to use because I think this is something that people have been wanting to see from the NHL for a long time. But then, also, it's a pretty widely accepted fact that the NHL's stats page is a big fat joke and it's mostly useless and often filled with errors. So I'm wondering, like, there's a reason why the people who write about advanced stats don't use the NHL's website to get their information. They go to third parties because those people are actually tracking properly. But I'm wondering if they're going to tighten up the way they're doing this or if it's still going to be just a hodgepodge of nonsense that nobody really gets any use out of. Well, it says access to previously unseen enhanced NHL proprietary game data. Yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's kind of go- it's gonna kind of be a um, like it's gonna they're gonna try a lot of different things. Like at first, it could just be this is we're gonna affect the lot. Like we're gonna come up with a more like concrete way of setting lines because we have so much information about every player on every team. But I think there will be a time where we go where we have prop bets like, hey, who takes the hardest shot tonight? You know, and, and like who skates, who has the fastest top speed tonight and shit like that. So I think it could it'll go both ways, Kelly. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I, I do hope that that it 
apart from it being used for the sports book thing, I do hope that that information at some point becomes just part of like the commonly reported stats data that we get from the NHL because I think that would be good for everybody. It should. Usually that's how it works. That's how it works in the NFL. I mean, that's why you get so much more information from the NFL than you do the any other league. And what a great segue that was, Stephanie, because all this information... I'm a fucking professional. You are, because all of this leads to the next question, obviously. With the gambling partnerships, with an emphasis on this now, you have a, you have a stake in the matter. There's someone you're partnered with who's, you know, running a, a multi-million dollar sports book here. Will there be more disclosure of injury information uh, as there is, say, in the NFL, where we don't just... In the NFL, it's like, oh, yeah, he separated his shoulder. He's out for three weeks. He's questionable, whatever. In the NHL, it's... He's got a lower body injury. None of your fucking business. So, uh, let me see if I have the quote right here. Yeah, so while you're looking, I don't football. So, in football, they specifically tell you exactly what's wrong with a dude when he's out? Yeah. Um... Maybe not specifically, but, I mean... It's an ankle. Yeah, it's, it's an, an ankle, knee. it's a shoulder, it's a, it's shoulder. a broken hand. Like, sh- stuff like that, they just tell you. And football, uh, I, I, ag- I think there could be some targeting in the NHL, but it's not like it would be worse than the NFL, where it clearly doesn't happen all that much. Like, it's a contact they're sport. they too fast in the NHL. I mean, there would be some, of course, but I think that for it to be a rampant problem more so than it already would be, I don't think that it's going to be that much more of a difference. Yeah, because I mean... Sorry, go ahead, Bill. No, no, I was just going to say, like, I'm trying to hit Connor McDavid on every single shift because he's really good and I need to make the game as hard as him for possible. As possible. It has nothing to do with him having a, a sore, like, forearm or whatever. Yeah, and also, like, I mean... If, for example, Connor McDavid has a lower body injury, there's only so many things that could be. And if you want to be a dick about it, you would just go for his knees because it's probably that. I do have the Bettman quote here, and it's kind of, it's so hockey. Our players tend to play injured. I don't think we're interested in changing our injury reports. Bettman on adopting NFL-style injury reports. He says it's a safety issue that opposing players will target players who are playing hurt if they know the exact injury. And that's from a Mark Spector tweet. Um, like Maybe again, they shouldn't play hurt. Yeah, that's the other thing. How's that for a crazy idea? Yeah. Take a game off. If you're, like, if it's just literally a sore wrist, you know what? You're going to get slashed whether or not your wrist is sore. Maybe just take <laughs> the game off and don't be hurt for a week rather than a day. Yeah, like, uh, take a lesson from Wayne Simmons' fucking shitty season last year and take a day off if you're hurt. Like, it'll be fine. The team won't fall apart without you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they might fall apart with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that Gary Bettman is going to end up changing his tune on this when they start getting pushed back from the, the big gamblers, yeah. from the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And they will. Eventually, they will. No, when it's like, oh, yeah, he's he's day-to-day. No, he has a concussion and missed a week. We need to know that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. But they don't, they don't actually ever call anything a concussion because then you have to put a guy through the concussion protocol. And then you and might find out... Then you might find out something seriously the matter with him. So, uh, no, we just don't call it a concussion anymore. It's an upper body injury. 
And you have to yeah, admit that your um, sport causes concussions on a regular basis. The other question here is why people, why do people want to know about injuries? Yeah, I don't and, get and that. Is I don't care. Well, you should yeah. because why? Why do people want to know about contracts? Because we're interested in the sport. Because we're interested. Because we care. Yeah, but that like affects. I mean, that's that's the reason. I understand how a contract affects the construction of my team. Guys hurt. Okay, well, a long-term injury is going to affect who is on the ice and who isn't. It's going to affect the the lineups. But we know when a guy is out long-term. We always know. JVR, I don't know what's hurt, but I do know that he's out four to six weeks. Or when Mm. they're out indefinitely, what does that mean? It means they have a concussion and they don't want to tell me. That's why people want to know about injuries. Yeah, I just, I, I, like, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game at all. That's all. I Other people want to know shit. I want to know about this gambling partnership. Might not be all that interesting to other people. I get it. I understand. You spent, like, a half hour on this. I know. I It's the biggest story in the league. I'm fucking with you. You want to talk about my favorite player in the league? I haven't been here to fuck with you in, like, a month. I, Leave me alone. We can talk about my favorite player in the league. This should have been number oh, two boy. overall pick in 2017, Elias Pedersen, if you want. No. <laughs> no. So here's the thing. I've already sneezed twice. Like, I'm too sick to deal with your bullshit on Pedersen right now. He's very good. He's been very... For, you know, the six games that he's played. I was just going to say, seven. he's been very good through seven games. Like Kelly, what were you going to say before that? I was just going to say that I'm um, really tired of hearing about Elias Pedersen. Oh, and okay. also, if you want to say that he should have been the number two overall pick realistically, then you should also be saying he should have been the number one overall pick because right now he's playing better than Nico Hischer, too. So there's a lot of hindsight with drafting. And also, it's seven games. Like, I'm not ready. I mean, if he was, if he was supposed to be the number two overall pick, then let's really dig in and say Nolan Patrick was supposed to be the number one. Let's actually say that the Devils went and fucked everything up for everyone. As usual. All I know is... Oh, he's got nothing. He had nothing to say. <laughs> Yes, we got him. No, I'm making my point. All I know is Elias Pettersson has seven goals in seven games. Uh, Nolan Patrick has 15 in 81. He's going to catch him by Thanksgiving. No, he's not because he's not playing. He played last night at two goals. They were both fucking beautiful. Oh, my God. They they were good. Because I took NyQuil. I watched the replays. They were good. I have both here. Uh, You can catch the gifts of them. Uh, but I want to talk about the Canucks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna s- sit here and talk about Pedersen all day. I'm just doing it to troll you two. Um, last night he he came back. He scored two goals his first game back. The Canucks are seven six and zero. Oh. Uh, they're hanging on by sheer volume right now. They've just played a ton of games. But I said in our di- in our division preview they could be a fun loser, a young team that scores a lot. Uh, right now they're uh, averaging under three goals a game. Uh, Pedersen has missed some time. Uh, but both he and Horvat have seven goals. And Brock Besser hasn't even got going yet. He's only got two, and he's missed two games. This yeah, could... he pulled his groin or something. Yeah. Brock Besser, do we know... Did I Have I said on the show before that I would die for him? I think, like, in you the You may preview, have mentioned it, yeah. I think in the in the division previews, maybe. I, did, I didn't realize that I would, but I would. Um... Yeah, no, he hasn't even gotten going yet. Yeah. So, so they could there, be. There's a whole other level that this team hasn't achieved, and they're not last in the league. They are not. Uh, and, like, I don't, uh, like, again, by Thanksgiving, I expect them to be 
pretty far down in the standings. But I think they could be that fun team to watch that scores a lot but loses, you know, 5-4 or whatever every night. Yeah, I think, you, I think you nailed it with fun loser. I think that's yeah, exactly what they're going to be. I'm very much here for that because uh, mostly I don't sleep at night, so I want to watch good late-night games. And since they're as far west as you can get, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch them sometimes. And I'm happy that they're not nearly as bad as we all <laughs> thought they were going to be, at least yet. They're better than the Flyers right yeah. now. So if they're if you're gonna lose games, at least lose them fun. Unlike the some other teams, who, the eight kids who actually play outside in my neighborhood instead of playing Fortnite when they play street hockey, they're about as good as the Flyers. <sighs> Sign of the contracts. <laughs> if, if I was the GM, why not? Hey, kids, <laughs> you want to fight? Uh, anyway, ATOs so, for those kids. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite beverage in the world is Guinness. However, if I had to pick a close second, I would probably say the tears of goaltenders. And my God, are goalies sad right now. And it is beautiful. They are extremely whiny at the moment. Goalies the likes of Brian Elliott, Connor Hellyabuck, and Braden Holtby went public with their complaints about the smaller chest protectors and arm pads this year. And guys, they're getting bruises. <laughs> they are getting bruises. The poor babies. They're oh not my used God. to it. My favorite Look, part, all though. Right, Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott. I understand that you need an excuse. I get it. But the other two? Come on. No, that's like, Brian Elliott ain't getting hit with enough pucks for him to be getting bruises. I want visual proof well, of these so bruises. So here's the thing that I heard, and I don't remember where I heard it from, um, but the problem isn't in games. It's in practice. I think Charlie told us that, that that's something say, that Elliott mentioned. Charlie. Yeah. Where they're just whipping pucks. Hold on. Was this a conversation that I heard on on last week's Ice Pack? It may have been something <laughs> that we mentioned. Am I just repeating the entire conversation? See, I do believe in listening. <laughs> I can't. I am honestly, I can't believe it. Uh, I can't I listen remember. to everything that you guys do. It's just a little late sometimes. I can't remember if we talked about it on here or like before a Broad Street Hockey started. I can't remember. I heard it somewhere and yeah. I haven't been here. So it had to have been on last week's show. We talked a little bit about the chest protector things, but there's been more goalie whining. Unless it was on Flyperbole. No. But neither of you listen to Flyperbole. I think it was us. I've listened to it before. All right. Well, somebody somewhere on our network has had this conversation. Yeah, but I blame Charles. It's funny funny now because there's starting to be some dissension in the goaltender ranks, guys, because there's uh, apparently, I guess there's a big text chain of all the goalies out there. And the ones who haven't spoken out publicly are kind of being admonished by their by their upset brethren. And the ones who haven't spoken out publicly are saying things like, yeah, we're not all that sympathetic because we don't need bigger equipment to be successful. And I'm here for it, guys. If this leads to my favorite thing in all of sports, which is goalie fights, I want it. I do love a goalie. The goalie oh, Slack like, chat must be wild. I can't, like, <laughs> like, is Brian Boucher still in there? I bet he is. I bet it's, like, his group. Yeah, it's like Travis. Like, they never really picked out the ones who retired. They let them stay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've kicked Travis out of just about every other Slack room except for ours. But Marty Brodeur, he's not allowed in because he's he just too built chubby. his reputation. He Sell just, out. He Takes just up too much room. <laughs> he just built his reputation on def- on the defense in front of him, so he's got all yeah, those nobody respects soft him. records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, other thing I, is this... um that Ben Bishop thing. Are we gonna talk about that? Oh, what's the Ben Bishop thing? In the ESPN article that our pal Manny was quoted in? There was an ESPN article about the unreliability of goalie stats. Um, and Ben Bishop was kind of the goalie in this article that was complaining about goalie stats not being good enough. And at some point he said, just win, baby, which made everything wonderful. I, I read it a few days ago, so I'm not remembering it totally, but it was essentially Ben Bishop complaining that goalie stats aren't good enough. And then they interviewed a few stats guys to explain why they are, in fact, good enough. And, uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah, I have – I read a couple excerpts from it, and I meant to – like, I'm pretty sure I bookmarked it and never got back to it because um, that's what I do with pretty much everything on the entire internet. Um, oh, same. If, it's, if I don't put it in the outline immediately – like, I sent you next week's Broad Street Hockey outline already, and it's because I saw something that I wanted to talk about, and if I didn't write it down right away, there's no way I get to it. Um but yeah, I, I read some of that, and I will say, goalie stats compared to everything else are pretty elementary. Like, save percentage, is that the best stat we have, you know? No, there are advanced stats for goalies. Um, I think a, a guy named Cole Anderson is is running the show there. Um, and he does a lot with goalie stats, specifically goalie stats. But there's, I mean, the, the community as a whole is not doing anything with goalie stats. And, like, I just, there's so many, I just think there are so many variables with goalie stats that don't necessarily, like, that don't necessarily translate to the other skaters. Like, how do you weight an Alex Ovechkin shot versus a Yuri Laterra shot? Like, how, like, uh, an Alex Ovechkin shot from his own side of the ice is more dangerous than Yuri Laterra in the slot. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I get it. Like that save should be weighted more heavily than yeah. the other save. Like, I, yeah. I just, I, I think there is like a lot wrong with goalie stats. I just think they're kind of elementary. Check out Cole Anderson. What? Check out Cole Anderson. He's doing stuff. I'm sure he is. I just think there's not like a lot overall. I think goalie stats are kind of just a little behind in terms of everything. And I will say, a goalie's job first and foremost is to give his chance, is to give his team a chance to win. That's what you're there to do. And if your goals against is over three, but your team's winning, I can't say you're doing a bad job. Speaking of goalies not giving their teams a chance to win, let's talk about Bob because it brings me life that he sucks now. <sighs> well, this, 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 uh, Elliot Friedman in 31 Thoughts wrote that the Sergei Bobrovsky in Columbus situation is untenable. Uh, Bob doesn't want to be there. He's pretty much said he's not going to re-sign there. And that's all well and good. They decided to just keep him and keep Panarin, who's also going to be a UFA, and they're just going to go for it because they believe they have a good team. Panarin has, I think, nine points in eight games or eight points in nine games, something like that. And Bobrovsky, on the other hand, no one within 100 minutes of Bob has a worse save percentage and only one who has played more has a higher goals against. Um, 
He's not happy. Is he it, wants is it out. Ours? What? No. <laughs> the only one who has played no. more as a higher goals against average. Is it ours? Yeah, probably. It's not. It, who is it? I don't know, sure? but Micah had a, an, an, a thing the other day that, and I noticed that Elliot was kind of smack dab in the middle of the oh. pack. So my question now is like, he clearly doesn't want to be there. The team isn't happy with him. He's not happy. They're going to potentially look to move him. He's got a no-move clause. I wonder if he has any ill will towards the organization. Dude. No. Do you want him back? No. No. Well, As a we rental. We just talked about this last night. Just there a- are six goaltenders. Six. And none of them you are seven? good. Got to collect them all? No, I need one who's good. What do we do with the other ones? What are you going to do with the other six? I don't know. Put them in the garbage. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Just wave them. If you were to wave Michael Neuvert, someone would claim them. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, they would. And then you'd end up with four goalies in Lehigh Valley instead of the three that are already there. Send one to the ECHL. I don't care. We're doing the other show. Let's get back to Columbus who I think it's hilarious because I mean I, I, we hear every year that Columbus is going to make noise in the playoffs and then they never do I'm so sick of so them. same but like I'm wondering are they gonna actually keep him for the year because they think they're gonna make a push because that would be hilarious because then they'll lose him for nothing that well, they started uh, who's the backup Corpusalo Corpusalo is the guy yeah they started him tonight yeah, when I talked so, to um, we'll see. Allison from the Athletic, she did mention that he's been that Corpusella has been playing pretty well, so it kind of gives them the option. But I mean, to be honest, Bob's never done anything in the playoffs, so I don't know why you would think that you need to retain him if you want to make a push. Like he's not helped you in any way in the postseason. You know what Charlie would say? They're winning the cup. Goalies are weird. Charlie is no. I'm just like yes, he's never done anything in the playoffs, but that doesn't until mean he won't. does. Yeah, because he's I a know. good goaltender. He typically he stops. Though? He typically stops a lot of pucks. Like he's having a bad year, but he's in a really weird situation that he doesn't want to be in. Yeah, I he's throwing a little if... hissy fit. I don't want that no. shit on my team. For as a rental, uh, Friedman speculated the Blues. The St. Louis Braden Shens could be stealthily in pursuit of the goaltender at some point. They need one. They're a little up against the cap, but you know they don't like Jake Allen. Uh, Their defense looks like trash right now, but uh, you assume that's going to be better because they have guys who you think are pretty good. Um, I I would love to see a big-name goalie like that change, even if it wasn't to my team, as much as I think that would be fun just from a my God, everyone would lose their minds if we brought Bob in as a rental perspective. Like, if 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 the Blues were to start playing better and then bring in Bob, like, for a big-name goalie to get traded around the deadline, I think would be a lot of fun. Oh, it would definitely be fun. And also, it would be, like, I mean, I don't, listen, Bob's fine. He is what he is. I'm f- extremely tired of Flyers fans like still holding a candle for him. Like it's, it's been years, let it go live in the now. And so for me, <laughs> I would really, I would really enjoy him. I'm sorry. Oh God. That wasn't that funny. I 
guys saying? Live in the now, Flyers. Kelly, man. we're it's misery. Yeah, but, live know, in do live anyway. in this in this pile of misery, not the the pile of misery that came when they traded Bob for nothing. hashtag nineteen seventy five. But I mean, like. If he goes someplace else and he continues to choke in the playoffs, like, at least maybe they'll shut up. Is maybe. what I'm saying. I mean, I get really bitter from time to time that he was a good goalie and they just schlepped him away. My, I, It's not so much Bob. It's not Bob individually. It's the whole circumstance of the fucking situation. Like, it was just such a clusterfuck. I... Like the worst people imaginable were in charge of the team, and I'm including Peter Laviolette at the time because he clearly wasn't helping. It was a dark time for a number of reasons. But let's move on to something I alluded to in the intro. Gary Bettman upholds Tom Wilson's suspension. Now it's still up. It could go to uh, uh, an independent arbitrator for appeal. It would be the same arbiter who reduced the Austin Watson suspension and... Um, was fired by MLB a few years ago after cutting the Ryan Braun suspension and shit like that. So there's a chance he doesn't serve all 20. But this letter, the, the apparently the appeal was like seven hours long and got cantankerous. And this... That's a great Gary word. Gary Bettman basically refutes uh, Tom Wilson and, and the NHLPA point for point. And if you haven't read this, I, I linked it here on the Hockey News... My God, it's uh, Bettman coming across as the good guy here, basically laughing in Tom Wilson's face going, Nabro, you're a piece of shit, and that's why we had to do this, because you keep hitting people in the head. It was nice to see someone in charge put all of that down on paper, because it was all absolutely correct. Anything that makes Caps fans upset the year after winning the Cup makes me feel good. That's, and as you all know... I, or really any time. It doesn't have to be the year after winning the Cup. As you all know, I am a pretty pretty steadfast Tom Wilson defender. Mm-hmm. You're a Tom Wilson apologist. I am. But, I, Steph, maybe you weren't here. I said I believe he deserved every bit of the 20 games. I heard it because I listened. Because they're... Listen, I, 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 like, I like the hard-nosed hockey. I like the highlight reel hits. I think there's a place for guys like Wilson in the game if they can play mostly on the side of clean hit hockey. If you step over the line every now and then, shit happens, it's a fast game. But when it's literally five suspensions inside of a calendar year, nah, man, you're a predator. You're out there to hurt people, not play hockey. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it is. Now, the problem is, is that when the arbitrator comes and looks at this there is no precedent so this is something that they talk about on puck soup a lot and you know you need legal precedent and you can't just say well i'm throwing spaghetti at the wall to make it legal precedent it doesn't work that way so they're gonna have to look at the individual offense as it is and you know it's go it's it's going to be reduced i i can't see a, a situation in which it's not how many games did rafi torres get that one hit what how was many that? games did rafi torres get like a lot 27 yeah and it was the, the same number kind of, 27 sticking out to me i can't honestly remember it was a, torres got. it was a lot and 
it was the same kind of thing. Like, it was just hit after hit after hit, suspension after suspension after suspension. He didn't stop doing it. So there kind of is something that they That's, could go off. Did they go to an arbitrator? I, I don't remember. It was so long ago. I, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I can't. I will say, because I, I said initially, like, the idea of precedent is what's going to knock this thing down. Yeah. But I, they do have Also, this arbitrator seems like an asshole. Yeah, he he's he seems to uh, he seems to side with the with the uh, appealer, as you know, with the people who pay him. Yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, it's an independent arbitrator. He's 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 collectively Weird. bargained for. He, I'm sure he's paid by both Fair. sides. Good people on both Fair. sides, guys. Um, no, uh, goddamn it! I had to make both that sidesman. Weird. Yeah, I, I tried to make a joke there, and I forgot where I was going. Oh, the fact that the NHL does have. The little clause in their in their player safety rulings that, hey, we do look at your reputation, and if you seem to be doing this over and over, eventually we have to do something, and the suspension will be higher than an incident by a guy you know who's a first time offender, a guy who hasn't broken a rule in a year or two, something like that. Uh, when it's three, four, five suspensions inside of a calendar year, we eventually have to do something because you're putting the rest of the players in the game at risk. And I wish the NHLPA could kind of could play both sides there, but since that's not what unions do, they they have to go to bat for their guy. We're gonna wrap up with a little bit more suspension news here. Uh, I looked up how to say it a, a million times. This is the second time we're talking about him on the show this year. Mark Borowiecki of Ottawa. Is that how suspended. you say it? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's I was not way even off. Close. Where's that other syllable coming from? I, Steph, that's a great fucking question. The sky. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where's all this coming from? The sky. I just watched Ghostbusters two the other night. Um, so he got he got three games for for a hit uh, against Cody Eakin the other night. Here's the funny part about it. He didn't play uh, for the Ottawa Senators on Friday night as he was serving a one-game suspension for elbowing Boston Bruins defenseman, Jesus Christ, Euro Vakaninen last week. Uh, that was a good, good try. I fe- so I he's back in the lineup. One. So he's back in the lineup for Sunday's game against the Vegas Golden Knights, and in the first period is given a five-minute major for charging in a game misconduct. Uh, against well, Cody Eakin. This is his third career suspension. Of course, this is his second one in a week. So yep. I guess his, like, when he does something stupid December 3rd, does he get 20? Mm, Maybe. I doubt it. I mean, I guess it, it depends on what it yeah, is. I guess it would depend on what it, I don't think he, I don't think 20 is going to get thrown around that easily. I mean, if he, does this, you know, for the next five years, then maybe. But Tom Molson's been a piece of shit for a long time. I mean, if he does it again, coming back from this suspension, I think we're looking at double digits. Yeah, I can see that. Them doing, like, a Goodis thing with him. Yeah. Because yeah. Goodis clearly got the book thrown at him for 10, because it was like, dude, this is egregious. Come on. Um, yeah. The more I lo- the more I watch that Goodis thing, the more wrong I feel like I was in defending it. I still don't... I can't talk about it yet because I still don't think that I was wrong. I still don't think that he, like, meant to karate chop that dude's head. I don't think I, that's like, what he was doing. I think... We're the worst because we're sitting here just bull... Like, just dumping shit on Tom Wilson. Then we're like, well, Rad Kogutis isn't that He's bad. He's a sweet I, boy, Stephanie. That's, uh, <laughs> I like, hate him, a actually, lot, but... a lot of Rad, A lot of Radko's indiscretions, like, I have been like, eh, that 
was kind of borderline. And I stood up for that one because it kind of looked like he was losing his balance and tried to catch himself with his stick. That's exactly what I yeah. said. Yeah. Looking back at it, it, it didn't need to be done. That's all. It was a little more egregious, I think, than uh than I'm going to rewatch it, it when we're done this show. Yeah, I think it was a little worse than we gave it credit for at the time. But oh, this, God, this Borieski thing, the fact that he had played one period coming back from suspension. It's impressive. That's it's, a, it's almost Zach Ronaldo impressive being suspended in two different <laughs> leagues at the same time. No, that was that was all-time great stuff right there from yeah. from, from my boy Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, I found I have I found it the other day a three six nation t shirt. Oh, I bought one my of the t shirts from God. His brand. Does he? Does I'm he dying. Still have them available? I don't know. I don't know. I found it in the back of my closet. I might be buying one like as soon as I hit export audio. On can, this show. can you please wear that to <laughs> the next episode of Broad Street Hockey Radio for the I cameras? I have to, guys. Uh, Kelly, you said some people are comparing the Borowiecki hit to the Wilson one that he got suspension for. Like what af- did you think of that? Yeah, after um, it happened and all of the gifts went up on Twitter, I saw a lot of people claiming that it was just as dirty as the Tom Wilson hit that landed him 20 games. But I watched it like 15 times, and he definitely charged him, and he, he yeah. definitely didn't need to make the hit. But it certainly wasn't on the level of the Tom Wilson hit, in my opinion. Yeah, I could say it's same kind of category. Like, it's blindside, he comes way across the ice, but it's just not nearly as violent. Like, I can't, that's the only way I can describe it, is it's just not nearly as violent. Yeah, and it wasn't, I don't think, as direct a hit to the head as the Tom Wilson hit was. Yeah, he got just, a lot of like, body. The The most egregious thing about it is how out of his way he went to make the hit. And he like, did go really far, and also the guy kind of had the puck when he hit him. Yeah. Which makes it a little bit like, better, but not all the way. blindside cross yeah. ice things where his head's down or whatever, but it wasn't as blatantly, like, interference, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a dirty hit that didn't need to be made, and it was definitely worthy of a suspension, but it was, it, to even claim that it got near the level of a Tom Wilson hit, like, 90% of Tom Wilson's hits are worse than that hit was. Yeah. The shit he doesn't get suspended for is worse than that. All right, guys, is that it? Is that all we Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up 3-6 Nation. Oh, God. <laughs> Send me the link if you find it. Everybody so. gets a 3-6 Nation t-shirt for Christmas. <laughs> Bring it back. Ronaldo had a goal before Sidney Crosby this year. Uh, that is all the time we have for you on Ice Sport Radio this week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, if you ha- I haven't said this in a while. Hey, subscribe to the podcast feed. Give us a five-star review. Give us the thumbs up. Wh- whatever the hell uh, it is on, on your you know podcast medium, uh, give us good reviews. Subscribe. Tell other people because we We're need your people. help. Yeah. Just pass it on. Let everyone know how great we are. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. For Kelly, for Steph, have a great week, everybody. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.